Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. All right, let's see this. Luke 15, 11. And the certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of the goods that falleth to me. Go to NLT. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate I have coming to me. So he distributed the assets to them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered together all he had and traveled to a distant country where he squandered his estate in foolish living. Now just pause for a second. This particular one is loaded. And he spent everything. A severe famine struck that country and he had nothing. Let's go. Then he went to work for one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. Next. He longed to eat his field from the carob pots the pigs were eating, but no one would give him any. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food? And here I am dying of hunger. I'll get up, go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired hands. So he got up and went to his father. But while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran, threw his arms around his neck and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father told his slaves, Quick, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and his sandals on his feet. Then bring the fattened calf and slaughter it and let's celebrate with a feast. Because this son of mine was dead, is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. So we just read the biography. Now his older brother, now his older son was in the field. As he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. Alright. So he summoned one of the servants and asked what these things meant. Your brother is here, he told him. And your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe. And then he he became angry and didn't want to go in. So his father came out and pleaded with him. Let's pause for a second and let's give you context. So, this, um, this one just returned. okay. And like I told you on Sunday, you don't get an inheritance if your father is still alive. But in this case, this guy decided that, dead or alive father, I need my inheritance. And typically, they give the first son a double portion. So this first son actually got to third. There's a story about the fattened calf. The fattened calf is one special one that they identify amongst all the animals. And they say, this one will feed you well. So they, they, they nurture it for when a visitor will come. It's as though it's that Christmas chicken that you start keeping from January. And this guy showed up in the middle of it and the father decided to kill it. So this one kept saying, come on, father. Then he became angry and didn't want to go in. So his father came out and pleaded with him. Let's see this. But he replied to his father, Look, I have been slaving many years for you. Keep attention on that word, slaving. And I have never disobeyed. He didn't even say father. I wish he had said father, listen to me. Then he said, Look, I've been slaving many years for you. And I have never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Next. But when this son of yours came, 
who has devoured your assets with prostitutes. You slaughtered the fattened cow for him. Son, he said to him, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. What next? So, I want us to x-ray these two people. Alright? Um, on Sunday, I asked that which of them loved their father the most? Or which of them understood their father or loved their father among these two? Which of them loved their father? Any answers? None of them. Okay. So, here is the, here is the, here is the, 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 the interesting part of this story. At every point in time in our lives, we could be either of these two. Now, what was very clear was that their father was a rich man. And both of them had two levels of dysfunction. This one was dysfunctional that he wanted to be away from the father to explore what, whatever he collected from his father. This one, his own dysfunction was performance. He said, Father, can you imagine that I have been a slave in this house laboring for you? There was something that was, there was a disconnect in his own thinking. This one felt like, Father, see, I am a slave working for you and you did not even give me a goat to eat. And I'm wondering, You've been in this house. The father was like, you've been in this house all along. Everything is yours. But you never quite cashed in on it. Now, this guy is a type of Christian, yeah? Sometimes they walk in, the, or they walk in church. They know the, the routine. They are quite familiar with God. Familiar is not, doesn't mean intimate. Intimate means knowing my heart. Familiar means knowing somehow, shah. Because if this guy knew his father, he will know that his father will kill the fatting calf if his brother comes back. I don't think that was a card his father just threw and took him by surprise. Because if you know your father's heart, you will not be the one to say, no, this party is over. Call father at the wait outside. Daddy, come and explain to me what's going on. The guy was pulling stones outside. Because why? He didn't quite know the heart of his father. But sometimes when we get into this place when we are concerned about the work, oh, let's fix it to um, choir. Let's do this, do this. You are doing all of these things, but you know the heart of your father. And if you don't know the heart of your father, you can live busy, but never fulfilled. Like activity will replace spirituality. You actually think you're spiritual, but it's activity. Before long, you slip into a place of religion where you just always want to get busy. He was in the field working, came back. And I don't think at any point in time, he actually stopped to enjoy God. See, our, our journey with God is for, also for enjoyment. I need you to know that God has invited you to enjoy him. Sometimes God just wants you to lie down there and just stay there. Sometimes it's not about what you, it's not when you come to God with list of prayer of what you want him to do for you. Sometimes it's just about learning to abide, just learning to stay, just learning to, to practice the presence as Bethel would say it. So this particular guy, his own dysfunction was even at home, he just didn't connect with the heart. For him, this is a type of us as well. This is a season of our lives when we feel the grass is always green on the other side. You sit down and you're kind of like, measuring what's going on there. I need to go out there. You know, sometimes, the other day, man was sharing his testimony of his journey with God. Somebody in my office said, my God, the guy was intimidated by Marv's testimony and the guy started to desire the results. Like he started saying, Marv, are you serious? You have that kind of, ah, this is the life I always wanted. Now, somehow, this particular prodigal journey, God is not your fulfillment. In fact, in this place, you use God as a means to an end. The fact is that you want to get close to God just enough to get the blessing. The moment you get the blessing, you're out of the window. Like, you're not seeking relationship. 
You're not seeking intimacy. The portions of the Bible you've highlighted are the ones that speaks of his promises to your life. You know, he has blessed and multiplied my days. He has enlarged my coast. But that is not all there is. Any gospel that is skewed to just the blessings of God is an incomplete gospel. Because even that blessing will destroy you. Anything you seek to get from God without keeping him. See, in Nigeria here, I can guarantee you there are two doors. The blessings of God and God. Choose one. I feel that many Nigerians would actually default and go into blessings of God. Because somehow they've never quite connected with God. That God is more than the blessing. And any blessing that you cannot enjoy with God, you don't need it. Because he's the peak of pleasure. You know what David said? In his presence, there are pleasures forevermore. So, culture has sort of polluted our minds to think that God is opposed to pleasure. God invented pleasure. But we just have to understand that there is a context to which he introduced it. God, did, God invented sex. Sex was not the devil's idea. But God invented sex, put it in the context, and said this is, how, this is the framework of how sex should work. You understand? But whenever you take something God invented out of the confines of how he invented it, an abuse will come in. So at the end of the day, we must first of all understand that all that we pursue in God is not just what we can get or become from him. Or get, so, no, 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 that's not enough. Because at the end, you go that far, you will come back. Now, for him, you're sitting down there performing to end the blessing. It's already yours. You just have to realize that you already have access to your father. You don't need to attain anything. You don't need to become more because you're already a child of your father. So what this person needs here is to be reminded that he's a son because he says, I've been slaving for you. This particular one maybe knows that he's a son, but a spoiled one. So his sonship is without responsibility. For this one, he doesn't have the concept of sonship. This one has the concept of sonship, but there is no responsibility on his mind. We have that, the flip side of sonship is responsibility. So God will commit wealth into our hands, but the wealth is not to sponsor our licentious life or lifestyle or to lavish it on anything we want to do. If God commits stuff into you, it's for the kingdom. At the end of the day, that's what it is. It's for the kingdom. Now, this one sees his brother comes back and is upset with him. Why? Because he's entitled. People play the elder brother syndrome. And the elder brother syndrome is when you start feeling, oh, why, why are they giving testimony? I never get testimony. You know, some people have testimonies regularly. And you know, just bless the Lord for me. Bless the Lord with me. And you're like, oh, now, wow. So I just got, a, I got two invitations for a job and I was just confused. Father, should I take one? Should I leave the other? And you, I said, not even one. Not even an invitation. And, and some of you said, do you know, I just resigned. You said, you resigned in this Lagos? Well, my boss, we were not quite getting along. So what are you going to do now? I don't know. God will take care of me. I'm his child. And the next day, they have another one. You brought it for six months. They resigned today, got another one next month. And you're thinking, wait a minute, God. Have I not labored for you? I mean, God, I've I, I been standing here doing your bid and this guy comes in today, he's having all the blessings. What does that make me? Confusion. That's the, you're playing the elder, elder brother's card. When you start feeling like this, you cannot play that card. First of all, understand again that God has seasons. Alright? So I don't know what season God is taking you through. So someone's blessing doesn't mean your loss. It was, it was the fall and sin that brought that thing in. It's not a zero-sum game. We're not in this. You have to, you know, only in capitalism that somebody has to lose in the kingdom we are all winners like the more we win all the time nobody is losing for you to win we are all so don't don't be looking at the other person through the eyes of a rifle like this guy is going to take my cheese there is no moving a cheese there is the pie is big enough for everyone in fact in the kingdom of god you don't have a piece of the pie you have a whole pie solely for you god had already baked it 
So all this increases the size of the pie. You know all those things we ask in business, what's in it for me? Um, someone will move your cheese. Uh, with competition, be smart, blah, blah, blah. Those things are anti-kingdom. And in the kingdom of God, this guy got out of his father's place. Guess what? He got hired by another culture. So there are two things here. There is sonship, and I want to talk about kingdom. The kingdom of God is about access. And in the kingdom of God, we're not called to labor like slaves. We, we coordinate. So he has everything. Now this guy ends up working for the owner of a pig. And you know what they told us? They said to him, he could not even eat. The man would just pass, my little pig Johnny has eaten. Feed. The other one is looking tiny. I hope you're not eating his food. Like, the guy is just poking you and like, feed my pigs. You know, one day he just clicked in his mind. Look, I have to go to my father's house. He had already borrowed from the culture. You know what he said? If I go Seth, I can become a hired hand. Like, one of my father, I want to work and earn. In his father's house, everything he had, he didn't earn. The one he just blew, he didn't earn it. But now, he has gone to learn culture from the world. And the culture has told him that you have to now learn how to earn. Performance has entered. So he's coming back home seeking performance. And he saw his father. He said, Father, you know what? I need to work. His father said, shut up. In this kingdom, there is no earning. There is only receiving. Alright? And say, just calm down. There is no earning. Everything is already yours. His father even changes because he would have come back with a lot of dust. Let me wash your feet from the culture of fields. He put a new robe on him, signifying a new identity. He put a, fee, a ring on his hand, signifying his inheritance, ownership. God has done the same thing for you. Upon our return, there is a new robe of grace. He put it on you. He put a ring on your finger. And that ring is saying, I am yours. You're mine. And wherever you go, that ring is a symbol of the kingdom from which you came. And the third thing to your feet, he has put the sandal to carry you through, ordering your steps. So at the end of the day, this guy lived in his father's kingdom but didn't get the kingdom. This one had the concept of the kingdom, lost it, came back. This one felt performance was it. Have you ever gotten to the point where you feel you have something to earn from God? God doesn't deal in. I wish he does. He doesn't deal in. Everything has been freely given. We just have to learn to silence the voice of fear and the voice of performance. It will keep calling you, saying, do this, do that, do that. So in the kingdom of God, God is not just, we don't deal ownership, we do access. So everything the Father has is already ours. So this one, the problem was that he was seeking to own. And the point was, when you move out of, as we spoke about source, that Father is source, Right? And source, God is the environment for, you know, when God was creating, this is something we refer, refer to it quite a bit. God will always speak to the substance from which he came. So when God was creating, God will always speak to the substance from which he was going to come. So when it was time to create um, the fishes, he spoke to the water. And the water became the source. So anytime you take the fish out of water, the fish dies. When God was going to create the plant, he spoke to the earth. The earth became the source. And then anytime you take the plant out from the ground, the plant dies. When God was going to create man, then God spoke to himself. So God became our source and the environment for our sustenance. So every time you take a step away from the Father's love or the Father's presence or from God, you actually die. You think you live, but you just exist. In fact, don't confuse existence for living. Because many die at 25 and are buried at 75. Because at the end of the day, he breathed into us his breath and gave us life. So the life that we carry came from him. See, we are an extension of him. That's the beauty of the life that we live. So if you don't see God as your source, you will move away and forget no matter how green you are when you're moving. Over time, you will dry up. 
because your life and your sustenance is found in him. And I want to introduce you to God's love. This story was also about God's love. Jesus, was, Jesus took this initiative to reveal the love of God to us. Up until that time, people could not get a hang on it. All through the revelation of God was always about Jehovah warfare, Jehovah, you know, healer, Rapha, but they were always put in a distance. They felt, you know, God is this distant God in the sky, far away. But when Jesus Christ came, Jesus deconstructed everything we knew or we thought we knew about God. First of all, he revealed God as what? Emmanuel, God with us. And then revealed God as also the incarnate one, God in us. And that God wanted to break that distance. God wanted you not to think of him as you think of yourself separate from him, but one with him. That's what love has done for us. We were created out of love. You're an object of God's affection. God created you to love upon you. It's a love that you cannot earn. It's a love that you can receive. And your real Christianity begins by receiving that love and understanding that in this life of God, I cannot earn, but I can only receive and enjoy the love. It's the love that transforms. And I need you to open your heart wherever you are. Just know that the love of God must be the foundation of your faith. And that's what Jesus Christ pulled out of this story. Lord, God is not waiting for you to destroy you. God is seeking to redeem you. His love, this word and the rushes. I don't tell Anasena. Now, that's how God loves you. So. The love is rushing after you. If you take one step back, it rushes to you. So when the guy got back home, you know what his father said? He just, his father saw him. His father must be an elderly man. And that year, they used to wear gown. You know, the men were, there was quite a lot of, yeah. And the man would have lifted the thing and started running. He broke protocol for his son. Because back in the day, men like his father, they don't have to run. But love was stronger than protocol. God will break protocols for you. He will. His love will break protocol. In fact, he has been doing it from time immemorial. The cross was a breaking of protocol. God broke the protocol so that he could connect you to himself. But religion is building back those protocols. Religion is telling you that there are walls to cross. There are, there are things to do. And God is saying, no, that's not the plan. Get away from those things, those fields, those fear, and just learn to nestle yourself in me and let me heal your heart again. No matter how far gone we are, the prodigal story is a story of God's love for humanity. Whether you're the older or the younger brother, your father's love for you can never change. The question is, can you receive it? Do you understand it? The older brother didn't understand it. The younger brother started understanding it after he had messed up and was coming back. Because only that great love that is not that you cannot end can receive you back like you never felt. Open your heart to his love. And it spoke about the son that my son was dead, now he's alive. The son didn't die. But some of us are dead when we move out of God's presence. All of us. Take a step away from God's love. You, you find that. And all around us today, people are seeking love. Some people are in this relational longing need where they are always dating. Always dating. They never pause for a second to find themselves. You know, because why? There is that void in their hearts pushing and just nudging them to find themselves in a relationship. But I can guarantee you, no matter how many people you date on earth, if you don't first settle yourself in his love, you will always find a gap in that relationship. In fact, you will carry the burden of your need and put on another man. No man was actually designed with the capacity to carry the yearning of another who God has not felt feel that need. So in our pursuit of life, we must first of all find God. We must accept his love for us. You can't perform your way into his love. His love is not waiting for you to be perfect. The love calls you perfect before you even started. The love perfects you. You might not love God perfectly, but God loves you perfectly. 
So don't let your inability to understand God's love get in the way of his loving you. Don't let your inability to love God well interfere with the fact that he loves you perfectly. You are loved. Amen. So good. So we've spoken about God's love and how both sons didn't receive God's love. And there's an issue that I want us to address this evening is pride. Both sons had pride. Both sons had what? Had pride. The first son's pride was that I already know God. He thought he knew. The second one's pride is what? I don't need God. And I tell you the truth. Most people here are in that space. You can never see the points for it what? The point shall what? The points which are who? Shall see God. You can never in your head arrive with God. Never. I beg thee, never in your head think you've arrived with God. The first thought he knew his father. The second thought, I didn't want need my father. And trust me, if you are living in, in Lagos or living in this life, you always get to that crossroad where you feel you've, you've arrived with God or you don't need God. And it's important you always check yourself. Always check yourself. So we'll have one or two comments. Um, today, I remember this morning I'd woken up and I was a bit tired. And I remembered, I think I was speaking with Lily the other day about the work that we have to do concerning reaching out to people, giving their lives to Christ. And I remember when, before I became born again, Christians used to come up to me all the time and I found them extremely boring because they all looked poor and half-haggard. And they were, it wasn't my thing. They always wearing big shirts, big jackets, and they're always preaching the same message. Come to my church, come to my church, come to my church. And nothing else. You understand? So they had nothing to offer me. And, and I realized just yesterday that the very essence of reaching out to people is so that they experience the love of God. And if you're not living the reality of the love of God, how then do you express that to other people? You can't give what you don't have at the end of the day. Do you understand? At the end of the day, if you try to do that, you end up just simply emptying yourself and then you try and find something to fill the gap. And recently, God has been teaching me about um, love isn't a feeling. For a long time, I felt love was a feeling. But I, had, I had to feel a particular way for it to be genuine. Only for God to teach me that. It's never like that. Because once the feeling has died, what is next? So, if you're talking about the love of God, you need to understand that because you're not feeling, oh, God loves me, I'm not feeling warm and bubbly, this does not mean that the love of God has left you. It means, it simply means that you need to be more aware that God is with you 24-7, 365, regardless of the situation, whether it's raining, whether it's pouring, whether life is just being crazy, the love of God is constant. And once you realize it's constant, that is what will bring you few situations. So that, when it gets tough and it seems like if you're going to break down, you remember that God is more than life and the situation around you. But his love is what you take, will simply pluck you out from that dark place and take you to the place that you need to be. And I feel as concerning my journey with Christ, I went through a lot of things to bring me to this place where I truly understood that without the love of God, I will not go far by myself. It's not something I can do by myself. 
So that's all I have to say. There's something I, there's something I, I realize um, in this world, self-esteem. So self-esteem means self-estimation. And to estimate something is to, is to compare it to something. So my question is, what is your self-estimation? Is it to your account balance? Is it to your surname? What do you compare yourself with? What is your estimation? And I think it should be, no, it should be the depth of God's love. Your self-esteem should be matched with what? The depths of God's love. So most times as Christians, we, we, we go with, with a God complex, not a love complex. We go with a God complex, come to my church. Come to, I, I, I am the way, not God is the way, I am the way. But if you are full of God's love, it, it, it changes. Any other comments before we pray? Good evening, church. Um, so why Pastor Freddy, while he was preaching, you said something um, when you read that part in the Bible where the father told the boy that everything he had belongs to him, which also meant that even the fat calf, that was, it was already his. Now, but now, so I was thinking, I was like, okay, even if the fat calf was already his, was it time for him to slaughter it? So it's his, he could have slaughtered it. But then, depending on the relationship he had with his father, he would understand that this calf is being kept for a visitor. Our relationship with God cannot be underestimated. And a lot of times when we talk about relationship with God, it feels very, like, abstract. Um, it's, easy, it's easy to find the relationship with man tangible because that's more physical and it's about how we feel and these are people that we can talk to and everything and um, I would like to explain like the relationship with God with the same way we have a relationship with a friend and you 